I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fit the Mission. You may not think of public schools as products that need to be sold, but that's been changing. In the Bay Area and across the country, school districts have been reeling from the impacts of decreased enrollment numbers. In the past two years, San Francisco Unified has lost nearly 7% of its students. The district in San Rafael has seen enrollment drops that could amount to a loss of at least $3 million in the coming years. That's because in California, every enrolled student is worth $10,000 or more to the district. And less enrollment means bigger losses. But districts have turned to a classic strategy to attract more families to their public schools, marketing. And it includes ads like this. The fall is a new beginning at Novato Unified. We've been working hard with our community to prepare for full-time pre-pandemic in-person learning this fall. Students the hope to lure and keep families and qualified candidates at their schools while enrollment declines and teacher shortages persist. They will also experience facility improvements at many of our campuses, such as new science buildings and performing arts centers. Novato Unified is excited to welcome you back home. It's a sign of the times, and here to talk about the challenges that public schools are facing is Chronicle Education reporter Jill Tucker. Jill, thanks for being here. Let's start with the why. Tell us why enrollment numbers have been down, so much so that schools feel the need to hire professional marketing firms. Well, you know, I think there's a lot of folks trying to figure out why enrollment is down. In some places, it's already been declining even before the pandemic, but certainly the pandemic has created a surge of of declines, and we're seeing it across the state, across the country. In some places, it's it's pretty severe, like San Francisco losing 3,500 students over the last couple of few years. Um, and you know, there is some thought that maybe some parents are still sort of keeping their kids home, that we're still in the middle of a pandemic, the little ones still can't get vaccinated. Um, And I think there's hope that perhaps, you know, when we get back to more normal, that we'll see kids coming back. But on the other hand, I think a lot of families have departed the regular public school system for charter schools or private schools, um, because they opened a lot earlier in many cases, and um, they've continued to remain open. You're not seeing sort of the political infighting over, um, you know, race-based curriculum or mandatory vaccines or a lot of these types of things um, or masks or on and on and on, depending on what community you're in. And so I think a lot of parents um, just decided to vote with their feet, perhaps, and and go elsewhere. That also includes homeschooling and the pods where they brought in teachers to come to them. So I think there is no one answer why enrollment is declining, um, and, and no one exactly knows why in each district. All they know is that the numbers are going down. And numbers are important here because schools receive $10,000 for each enrolled student, Why might hiring marketing firms be the answer for public schools? Yeah. So, I mean, it's at least 10000 in state funding per student, sometimes a lot more, um, depending on the district and the type of student. So that's a lot of money. And so districts are sort of thinking, okay, if we spend $100,000 to hire an outside agency or to buy bus ads or to, you know, buy radio ads or, or other types of things that cost money, if 10 students 
stay in the district or we add 10 students, that's the equivalent of $100,000. We can make up that money with a very small number of students. And in mm-hmm. general, I think they believe that the math works, right? That the that if they advertise, they they will see an increase in students and it'll pay for itself and then some. So I want to talk about the ads here. What are we talking about? You mentioned bus ads. Will these be like traditional ads like billboards and radio spots? You know, these days marketing can be incredibly subtle. I'm thinking about Instagram ads that seem to always know what I'm thinking or talking about. What can parents expect? I think all of the above, really, that, uh, you know, depending on um, who they contract with, uh, depending on how much money they want to spend, um, you know, depending on their demographics and their community, I think you'll you'll see um, different types of ads. I mean, you know, for a place like the Bay Area, one could think, gee, maybe there might be some of those signs at BART stations, you know, like... Mm-hmm. You know, the Hayward Public Schools welcomes you with open arms or, or you know, something along those lines. Um, I do think that it's also, um, you're, you're also going to see more of those subtle things like branding, um, you know, better websites, uh, having access on social media and other places um, that help parents understand how to navigate the system. We're seeing things like TikTok, which, you know, that's, you you don't sort of think the stodgy traditional schools of, you know, sort of jumping on TikTok with their, with their own videos, you know, of classroom things. There is a district in the country that is putting ads on Pandora and it's based on zip code. So however mm. they figure out where the listener is, you know, another district in, in the country um, sends a, a, a baby gift bag to parents when they have a child and uh, they have a new baby. And basically it's like, Hey, congratulations. There's a message from the superintendent. And there's also a little onesie that basically promotes that child as sort of a, you know, a, a future star. Um, and, and I think the idea is they're hoping that those parents five years down the road, will remember Mm -hmm. that and send their kid to the local public school. More with Jill Tucker after a quick break. We'll hear what public schools are trying to communicate in their ads and whether or not these marketing campaigns are an opportunity or an unsavory approach. Jill, you described some creative ways that public schools are marketing themselves to attract families Is this approach a new thing or has the education system always been a bit of a competitive marketplace? You know, there's always been private schools, so sure. Um, But, you know, to a certain degree, public schools, traditional public schools sort of had something of a monopoly, right? Because it was the free option for families. It was sort of the default option for families. And then Mm -hmm. 20, 25 years ago, charter schools really started coming on the scene. And you really started to see that sort of competitive marketplace really start to happen where in some places where there were a lot of charter schools, um, a lot of kids went there and and they were advertising, right? They were, you know, there were signs up. I remember you could, you know, signs on fences or 
you know, flyers and, you know, things like that, maybe postcards in the mail where they were saying, hey, come check us out. And the traditional public schools were sort of like, well, we're still here over around the corner. You know, there wasn't that sort Mm -hmm. of here's why you should pick us. But really, I got to say, talking to the experts, the pandemic has just pitched that competitive marketplace into a frenzy. Um, Parents really gave a lot of thought to their options because their public schools were still closed or they had concerns about safety or other types of things. They realized that there were options for them from free to not free, but that, you know, they could uh, they could take advantage of that. Um, to help meet their needs during the pandemic. And and oftentimes, you know, when you make that move, you're not necessarily going to, you know, go back um, if you're happy in that place. And what do you think public schools will be trying to convey in these marketing com- campaigns? You know, this has been such a tough time for them with so much scrutiny during the pandemic and other kinds of political battles, like you've mentioned. I imagine there's a lot of trust that needs to be gained. What can a onesie or a TikTok video convey? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it's really about when I talk to the people that are doing these these campaigns or the marketing, they, they talk a lot about telling the stories that are part of the school district. So, you know, every school district has sort of its its own uh, strengths. It's it's sort of its own image. You know, maybe some are really focused on technical education and they have programs that they really want to promote. So what they do is they look to see what is what is the district, um, what is their image, you know, really? What are they trying to share with the public about what they offer? And so it, it's about telling the community what is actually happening in the schools aside from the politics, aside from the pandemic. Um, so, you know, people can really get an idea of what that looks like. Of course, during the pandemic, people couldn't even tour the schools. And so, mm. you know, for young parents, you know, with kids starting in the system, they couldn't even go to the schools to see that type of thing, to see the art up mm-hmm. on the walls, to see the kids singing on the playground. And so I think that, um, you know, a lot of the marketing is about telling those stories to sh- showing what is happening in the schools, just so that people sort of maybe regain that confidence in the traditional public schools. And what about people who might be listening and wondering, where the heck are these schools even going to get the money to pay for a marketing firm? The last time you were on the show, we talked at length about the budget woes of the San Francisco Unified School District. They have a shortfall of over $110 million, which caused the state to intervene. So how does the math work out here? Yeah, you know, it, it in the districts that have started doing this, San Rafael just um, contracted with a firm, Novato, has been contracting with the firm. There's other places across the country. And and pretty much all these places that I've been researching, there's there's always been a fight over the money because Mm -hmm. I think it's very hard for districts to spend money on something that isn't in the classroom when they're already short on funds. And so I think it it is a a math problem. It is something that um, school boards are basically just saying, look, we believe in this. And we think we have to do something. And if that costs some money to ensure that we don't lose millions and millions of dollars, then we're willing to, you know, spend money to make money, if you will. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and that's what advertising and marketing is all about, you know, whether that's for sodas or sneakers or candy bars, right? Like they spend money mm-hmm. so more people, you know, buy their product. Jill, I'm not a parent. I don't have kids in the public school system, but 
As an outsider looking into this, I can't help but feel maybe a little bit icky about this. Maybe that's because the marketing industry as a whole carries a bit of an ick factor. Wouldn't the idea of having our public school system be boiled down to who has the best marketing firm, might that feel a little strange to people? Yeah, you know, I I hear you. I think, um, you know, there's a sense that the public school system, um, you know, there should be something pure about it, right? You know, when we think of advertising, we sort of think of the Super Bowl commercials or we think of those types of things. I think in general, in this case, um, public schools are competing in a marketplace. And I think what they're Mm -hmm. feeling is that they have to share why people should choose their product, um, mm-hmm. even though, you know, it's taxpayer funded and it, it feels like it shouldn't be um, something that we have to advertise. Um, that said, I think that, you know, they they do need to tell their stories more about what's happening or this is what they're saying is that they do need to share their stories more because how else are people going to know what's happening? I mean, they can have their own website or they can maybe hashtag something on Twitter, but you know when it comes to actual professional marketing and advertising you know there's a method to that madness um and and it takes skill to understand how to get that messaging out there what that message should be you know where do you place that message to to reach the 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 biggest audience all of those things that require a skill set that school districts just simply don't have the communications people in their in the districts are are often public relations people or communications people, but these are not marketing and advertising people. That's a, a very different subset of the world of communication. So yeah, mm-hmm. it does. I, I hear you, you know, that that idea mm-hmm. that public education is is a constitutional right in California. You know, it feels mm-hmm. weird that we have to, you know, pitch it like a product. You know, I always say that being a parent during a pandemic must be strange. The idea of being pitched a public school like they are products is just another facet of that. Jill, thank you for your reporting and for sharing it with me. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Jill Tucker is an education reporter for The Chronicle. You can find her story about the marketing of public schools at sfchronicle.com or on The Chronicle app. Our fifth admission listener survey is wrapping up this week. Thank you so much if you've already filled it out. If you'd like to let us know what you want from the show, visit sfchronicle.com slash survey. Remember, you'll also be entered to win one of three $100 gift cards. Thanks to Karen Creighton for producing this episode and to you for listening.